used to want it and get these stuff with my dad. And so get it. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Well, either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. The Simpsons is the best thing on American television. That give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. my right earbud out so I can hear the thundering hooves coming across the newsroom. My ears to the ground. I don't hear it yet. No, No, I don't either. Which means we're at least 20 seconds out. Checking phone for frantic text. I forgot my key fob thing. Right. That's a negatory. (laughs) Did he get detained at the airport? (laughs) We just talked. There it is. There it is. All right. The thundering hooves of the white flash making its way across the newsroom. (laughs) Got to go pick Gladys up. She just got (laughs) shoulder checked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, now that's funny, the white flash. (laughs) (laughs) I have to tell my kids that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Studio, dimly lit bowels, etc. Under the tutelage of our general manager. Uh, Kids walking out of schools. I don't know. And what's your opinion on that? Uh, it's 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 terrible. It's awful. It's a threat to the democracy. <laughs> no, I, I it's well, kids under pressure, influenced by teachers and administrators, for progressive causes, will march out of school. And they can't refuse, or they'll be shunned, etc. And it's entirely one-sided. How would you teachers and administrators feel about the big march for life? Have the kids uh, come out and march against abortion? In the they South, find babies being killed uh, disturbing. In the South, you could, you could get lots of schools where you could convince the kids to walk out over abortion right, uh, abortion issue. Sure. Lots of them. Well, a lot of places all over America. <laughs> you can convince kids to walk well, out sure. of school for all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, well yeah. said. That's a Sean very good cutting point. through the crap. It's a very good point. And I just, yeah, would, uh, would the media be as excited about that? Uh, mm-hmm. I like the idea of youngsters being politically aware and, and to feel like they have a stake in the political process, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's healthy. Well, but see, it is entirely one-sided. Well, and some schools were actually, yeah, they were actually using school buses to take in rallies and right, stuff like that. using taxpayer money. And, uh, and the teachers' unions, in particular, uh, use these quote-unquote righteous causes regularly now to have the kids march and demonstrate that our beautiful little children know those teachers ought to have a raise. They're pro-education. And it's just, it's out of hand. Stop it. Hmm, interesting. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Lincoln Logs, Tinker Toys, video games, Legos, Transformers, all bought at Toys R Us um, as a kid, and I'm sad to say that all the stores are closing, finally. I wonder if their bankruptcy papers have the R backwards. 
I wouldn't I shop there for that reason, as you know. <laughs> Alternate spellings, that sort of thing, I've never approved. Now, that place was a big part of my childhood, and so I'm sorry to see it going. Well, it was the number one toy seller in America for a long time. My headline, bankruptcy is us. It is closing our we. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing how fast things change in the modern world. I'm telling you. You can go from being the number one seller of something to completely shutting your doors in a couple of years because things can change so fast. There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, much like Michelangelo, the, the Toys R Us was a large part of my growing up experience. It was Probably the closest thing I ever got to the the Willy Wonka factory when I went into this thing and it was just from floor to ceiling, nothing but stuff for kids. And it was a, uh, yeah, I I have fond memories of it. Um, I didn't like that the Jeffrey the Giraffe spelled his name with the G-E-O spelling. That always rubbed me a little wrong. (laughs) Right. But What are you, French? He lived in a castle made of toys, so I forgave him. Uh, Mm. There you go. Well, and he didn't name himself. It was his parent giraffes. (laughs) There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. As my financial advisor put it, March Madness, brackets set, investments made, sweet Virginia all the way. Really? Yep. There we go. And Did I don't he pick know. them because it fit the, the the rhyming scheme. No, 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 no. That that's the way it came down. So uh, you know, I'm I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. Well, I hope you win. Because <laughs> yeah. you usually buy us stuff when you win. So. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Self interest. Mink coats for all of you. When do we oh, have no, to have the bracket be... filled out by? Is it? Uh... Well, before the uh, first... games. Games start Thursday. Thursday oh, morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. My all dad right. was wearing his Kansas Jayhawks hat at the uh, basketball game in Phoenix. It was amazing how many people stopped him and hit him with a rock chalk Jayhawk. Nice. So uh, March Madness is in effect for right. people, apparently. You know, a great example of tribalism, Jack, a topic that we might discuss a little bit later on. There's a new book out uh, addressing that. Awesome. I, I heard a conversation on MSNBC that was uh, learned and yet missed the single biggest point. But it's an interesting uh, topic. So your four number one seeds, you got your Kansas, you got your Virginia, you got your Trump University. Mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> Very strong this year. Yeah. Right? You got a couple of uh, five-year seniors that are uh, just really dominating the court. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Thursday. Surprising they couldn't get their degree. March 15th, the year 2018. We're keeping you straight in 21-8. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's get started now officially, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. But the Versa also offers a fit bitch coat. Oh, oops. <laughs> fit bitch. I mean, again, I said it again. Oh, my gosh. Fit bit coat. <laughs> you got it. We knew what you meant. Okay, sorry. That's funny. It's funny when you go back to the well and you still get it wrong. Yeah. 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 Fit bitch. Oh, I'm sorry. That's hilarious. I meant fit bitch. Oh, I did it again. That's the Fitbit for the inner city. Yes. Oh, my God. What are our headlines, Marshall? Well, just announced United Front, the Russians did it. Nerve gas attack. Yeah. Got the Washington Post. Trump reveals the real art of the deal. Made up facts and this and that. And porn star Stormy Daniels needs your help. Right. Uh-huh. Stories coming up 635. I'm starting to get it. Yeah, I'm starting to recognize we have been kind of uh, not reacting the way the world should to Putin. And poisoning people wherever he wants. Please. Everybody's always been, well, that Putin, he's something, isn't he? Not, not me. For I'm, years. I'm leading the charge. It's time for action. Okay. Uh, how's the mailbag look? It's good. It's good. It's it's fine. It's nostalgia. It's, it's uh, looking forward. It's mm. looking at the present. 
I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> Toys R Us, not the only iconic brand you grew up with going out of business. There are only four of these left, and one of them closed yesterday. It's a sad story. It's really gonna. It's really gonna hit you where you live. Mm. Be kind, rewind. There's oh, my hand. Oh, boy. Wait a minute. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The answer is Blockbuster. So Toys R Us is closed, and now Blockbuster is down to its final four stores, and one of them closed. That's a 25% reduction. Blockbuster videos? Yeah, my girlfriend worked at Blockbuster Video, my uh, first real girlfriend in college. Oh, yeah, so we had to hook up. So on Friday nights after they closed at midnight, she could bring over a big, giant VCR. Because nobody had one. Right. And uh, she would bring it, because you could rent them, and oh, a man. couple of movies, and we'd watch movies. I haven't pictured one of those gigantic VCRs in a long time. Some of them had, like, wood panel on them. They're <laughs> furniture. They were enormous. Yeah. What is this? The olden days? Yes, exactly. And uh, how there are three left. How does Radio Shack endure? They still have, like, 1,500 stores nationwide. Do they? Yeah. For what? People who want to buy a battery. <laughs> well... Or need a walkie-talkie. I need batteries. <laughs> a remote so, control car. R- R- RC. Yeah, they're yeah. big on that, I know. Or would like to be, anyway. Uh, mailbag. Freedom-loving quote of the day from Frederick Douglass, the topic of discussion. Well, one of the topics of discussion with Tim Lawyer yesterday. Those who profess to favor freedom and yet deprecate agitation are men who want crops without plowing up the ground. I'm skipping ahead a little. The man was wordy. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did and it never will. Woo! Now, one might say that's what the youngsters were doing yesterday. Uh, I'm just not a fan of teachers and administrators mobilizing children for their political beliefs. But I'm not angry about it. A uh, quick note here to Robert. What would you have done if, it, if your kids had been in high school at the time this was going on? You, you have them go? You keep them home? What do you do? That's oh, I don't <clears throat> let it ride. Go to school. Go ahead. If, if you want to march, march. And then when you come home, we're going to talk about the issue in an adult way. And you're going to act like an adult. You're going to take a part in the political process. I'm going to ask you some challenging questions, and you're going to understand the issue better. I mean, I understand the motive or the uh, the the emotion of wanting to keep your kids home, but then you know, then you're making them be singled out, which is the last thing you want in high school. Yeah, um, and and have to explain yourself because all the cool kids are going. And yeah. I just happen to believe, and you know, this uh, this is not. I was going to say it's in contrast to Frederick Douglass, but it's not. Um, I think everybody makes a big deal about everything. Everybody's so damn angry and agitated and yelling and confident that this is the downfall of that and this is an outrage against them. I just, I would think, all right, kids, go do your thing. When you come home, we'll talk about it. That's it. And and their life would go on. I'm not going to make a big deal of it. On the other hand, it's happening more and more. It's entirely one-sided. It's pushed by the teachers' unions to 
to promote progressive causes. That's, and they're enlisting children as political tools. So I was wondering, so it happens this one time, I, I don't like the using the schools for this at all, um, but it's, you know, a, a moment in time. Or is it? If this starts happening a couple of times a year, or the first time it happens around an election, mm-hmm. school mobilizes because it's very important that Trump isn't reelected. Right. You know, then you got a serious problem. Well, you see it whenever there's a labor dispute. You'll see the kids marching with the teachers and the rest of it. It's just, it's uncool. Just teach them to read and write, please. Um, and, you know, in fairness to the teachers, uh, teach them how to do uh, everything else, how to live their lives, everything their parents used to teach them because uh, kids, people don't raise their kids anymore. But enough of that. Uh, so, uh, note to Robert and others who've written uh, through the days, months, and years about uh, particular advertisements they find obnoxious or overly repetitive or questionable in one way or another. We're not in charge of that. All right? All right. If we endorse it, it's because we think it's really good. You can count on that. But, Everything else uh, we have nothing to do with. Yeah. Sing songy jingles for a be they for charities, cereals, car dealers. Whatever. We're not responsible for that. So leave me alone. <laughs> Here's a nice note from uh, Anne in the Barria of California. Barria. Friend just sent me a picture of my 11-year-old son along with his friends at his middle school walkout. Middle schools. Wow. 11, 12, 13-year-olds. And so you're telling me those kids weighed the issues, uh, a lot of study of the Second Amendment and what's going on in legislation and this and that, and they made the yeah. decision, you know what? It's a school day, but I'm going to walk out of school because it's that important to me, right? To uh, to have my voice heard on right. this. That oh come on, that's just a load of crap. You know, I tell you what, if the kids of America are really, really agitated about the shootings, and I don't blame them, it's horrifying. It is unthinkable, and it's something we really didn't have to deal with. If if they have to express their angst and anger and the rest of it somewhere or another, that's fine. It doesn't make me angry. But has um, anybody said to them in any of the classrooms? This particular legislation would ha- would do would do nothing to stop school shootings. Right. For instance, has anybody said that? No, I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, my friend sent it to me to show how proud she was that my son is front and center and participating. But what you can't see in this picture is the fact that he couldn't sleep last night because he was so nervous about the walkout. As a sixth grader, he hasn't fully formed or informed his opinions on these topics, and he wasn't sure if he should join in. Given that all his friends were confidently participating in the school administrators, teachers, and local police department helped plan it, he felt like he'd be singled out for of not marching. Of course! I can't help but think that now, instead of the think-for-yourself message of, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? Kids are hearing all of your friends are protesting, shouldn't you? When he gets home from school, you can bet I'll tell him I'm proud of him, not for joining in the march today, but for giving his participation, as well as the idea of not participating, a lot of thought ahead of time. KRKTCAC, keep reminding kids that chants aren't conversation. Uh, I, I hate the whole thing. No more chanting. No more chanting. Chanting is stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, oh, okay. A uh, little admonishment here from Michelle. I listen to you often. Appreciate your common sense approach to the news and the levity that may ensue. Well, it certainly may. Levity. You make me laugh when which provides a needed break from many other radio programs. So thank you very much. You're welcome very much. I heard you discussing the story of Rex Tillerson, whom I admire. She writes getting admonished by the president for not eating his salad in China. 
I, I was talking story. about, the, oh, yeah, he was enchanted. He, he didn't want the salad. That's right, sir. Um, Rex didn't want the salad? Rex did not want the salad because it looked wilted and weird. <laughs> and he's thinking, oh, my God, oh, no, I'll be danged if there ain't some sort of Chinese tomain in there or something. He, <laughs> he drawled, he did. Um, and, and, uh, and he was told to eat it loudly by the president. He said, I don't want to. And the president ordered him to eat his salad. Well, that might have been it. Well, yeah. I mean, the guy who ran Exxon for decades, one of the most powerful, influential, and respected human beings on earth, Ordered to eat a salad like a child. Well, I'm not respected by anybody, but if the president or anyone said, eat your salad, I'm not going to eat my salad. Would you stand up, point <laughs> downward, and say, eat this? No, you wouldn't. Not at a state dinner. Anyway, uh, blah, 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 blah. a possible reason may be, and, and uh, Michelle was one of uh, a couple of people who point this out, it's considered very rude in China if you are, are offered food and do not eat it. It's a terrible affront. Years ago, I traveled there for business. I remember my associate getting past that issue by politely declining whatever food, usually served with eyeballs attached, was offered by stating, No, so sorry, it gives me shortness of breath. That way the Chinese could save face and he didn't have to eat whatever was offered. I wish I'd thought of it. Do you have to eat it all to save face? Can you just pick at it, which we've all done with various things that are put in front of us at various meals that, that look awful? Uh, or we don't like, you just kind of pick at it. No, it's very good. Yeah, I have an upset stomach, The something on the plane. I don't know. But uh, anyway, yeah. Well, and it's important you shift it around your plate <laughs> yeah, to make yes. it look like there's less of it. The, uh, <laughs> less of it. The, the, chi- the time-honored child method of pretending to eat. Me not eating your wilted salad is is some sort of insult, but you presenting me a wilted, disgusting <laughs> salad is somehow just par for the course. Right, yeah. Hey, in my culture, putting crap in a bowl and putting in front of me is considered rude. So why don't we just call it even? Laura was telling the kids last night about how she wouldn't eat her peas and her parents wanted her to eat her peas and she mm. would take a mouthful and then take a drink of milk and spit them into her milk cup so they couldn't be seen at the bottom of her milk <laughs> that's a clever ruse so then sam later in the meal oh being uh, uh urged to eat his some sort of vegetable i don't know broccoli from asparagus or anything oh, i don't know what it's delicious i don't know what any of them are they're both so um, good he, he excused himself to go to the bathroom, but then took his broccoli with him and came didn't come back with it. Well, so. I wonder what happened there. <laughs> so like, it's like the poisoning of the Russian spy. The investigation will be short. Yeah, so he came back. You, you think we don't know that you took that to the and flushed it down the toilet? Mm. What? What do you mean? <laughs> Michael, we come now to the baseball. Can I have a second take? Do we have enough film for a second? We come to the baseball portion of the mailbag for this morning. First of all, here's a nice note from Bill, who, like me, went to his first baseball game at Chicago's Wrigley Field. The friendly confines. Pitch high and outside, one and one. And he uh, he sent along the ticket stub, which uh, includes information for the rain check, admit one, uh, lower box, $5.50. Now, you may say, oh, my God, that's cheap, having no awareness of inflation whatsoever. <laughs> So I went to an inflation calculator, and that translates to $25.22. Pretty, pretty cheap. Today's, that's a damned low, cheap lower box seat. Swing and a miss, one and two. And that was when uh, baseball was literally, t- t- undeniably, the national pastime. Sure. Yeah. And then a nice note from Faggity Marissa, who knows I'm coming to see a little spring training baseball this weekend, and mentions the Arizona Country Club where they have Tanqueray and Tonic on tap. Whoa. Well... Untap Uber. Oh, and he hits the batter. He's rushing the mound. Marshall's News next.
do you rank Domino's on the pizza food chain? Well, it's 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 fast pizza. It's budget. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah. It's yeah. quick budget. Yeah. It's toward the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But that's that not necessarily a bad thing. So's. So it's a lot of like fast food burgers, yeah, if, but it's if you a like your solid burger. If you like your pizza with goat cheese on it, don't go to Domino's, but it's a fine pie, sir. It's yeah. fine pie. I grew up eating the finest pizzas on earth. Kiss my ass, New York. Um, <laughs> and uh, so yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's food. I like it. Hmm. Depends. Although Domino's has gone way up and down in quality through the years. I, uh, I had one at midnight the uh, night before last. And I feel like I'm still, mm. still uh, mm. enjoying the memory of that. They were the only place. They were the only yeah. place delivering at that time yeah. of night because I was I was wanting a Papa John's, a Pizza Hut, something like that. Yeah. To me, that are superior. Mm. But they were all closed, and I think Domino's is thinking, you know, we're the only ones open. We can feed them anything, and they'll eat it. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm the only sober person to ever order a pizza from them at midnight. But. You you're saying that sausage was saying meow twelve hours ago? Wow, well, I'm not uh, saying that, Joe. The spe- Getty spelled with two T's is mm. saying that. Speaking of, of poor taste, I'm sorry, is there more on that? I was going to say, speaking of poor taste, I'd like to salute uh, Steve from Aberdeen, South Dakota. That's we already where, uh, have a national show. That's where my mom's from. Uh, so we well, visited there right. every year of my life. Uh, and how would you describe Aberdeen, South Dakota? Lovely and cold. Charming small town America. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Steve from Aberdeen, uh, an excellent opportunity I had yesterday to say just like in prison that I missed. But Steve... That's a double entendre. And what I said was a double entendre. And if you do the entendre math, a double times a double equals a single. It would, it would have just been a statement of, of, like, a sexual act. So, while you're right, I did miss a good one. I, it's too dirty. But thank you. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Coming in this morning, the leaders of the United States, France, Germany, and Britain all say they are united now in blaming Russia for that nerve agent attack on the former spy. You know, I'm an idiot. It hadn't even occurred to me that, one, it's a chemical attack in your country when that happens. Right. And two, it's obviously proof of the existence of a chemical weapons program, which you're not supposed to have. Right. Right? Yeah. Well, and you couple that with their clear, undeniable use of chemical weapons in Syria. Oh, yeah. You have a country that is in flagrant violation of all the world treaties on chemical weapons. Oh, yeah, of the sort of thing that the world said many years ago, this we will never tolerate again. Right. And we're all tolerating it. And we're going to continue to, by the way, because all this, we won't put up with it crap and signed resolutions don't mean anything. But in a rare joint statement, President Trump, President Macron, Chancellor Angela Merkel, and Prime Minister Theresa May all say there is no plausible alternative explanation to Russian responsibility in the March 4th attack in England. I'm sure Putin really feels like, uh-oh, they caught me. Man, I better watch my P's and Q's now. Boy, or I does he even bother to read the damn thing? I, I hope doubt they it. don't make a strong statement. Because that, that would suck. I hope they make a weak one. Meanwhile, Angie Merkel... Is continuing to build a pipeline that will buy zillions of dollars worth of Russian gas and make Germany further dependent on Russia for their energy, meaning Germany will never, ever stand up to Putin. It's pathetic. It's like the quote-unquote pressure put on North Korea or China through the years. It's pressure enough to seem like it's pressure to the outside world, but... Those in the know understand it's not. Talking the art of the deal, President Trump apparently freestyled with the facts when he was talking trade with the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, the uh, president, describing the discussion during a fundraiser in St. Louis Wednesday. 
According to the audio obtained by the Washington Post, Trump insisted the United States runs a trade deficit with Canada, even though he said he really had no idea if that was true. The U.S. does have a trade surplus with Canada. You know, in my experience, you can tell a Canadian pretty much anything. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not their fault. It's the cold. That's just science. It and even impedes if they, brain development. Even if they know you're wrong, they're just too nice to call you on it. Well, there's that. The paper also reports in that speech Trump launched into a blistering attack against major U.S. allies, accusing the European Union, China, Japan, and South Korea of ripping off the U.S. for decades and pillaging the U.S. workforce. And Trump also seemed to threaten to pull U.S. troops out of South Korea if he didn't get what he wanted on trade with Seoul. He said the country got rich because U.S. politicians never negotiated better deals. We, quote, lose money on trade. We lose money on the military. We have right now 32,000 soldiers on the border between North and South Korea. Let's see what happens. Our allies. He says all sorts of crap, Marshall. (laughs) Our allies care about themselves. They don't care about us. All right. Uh, We want deal. Right. And lastly, we've got an appeal. We've got an appeal. Porn star Stormy Daniels is now crowdfunding to raise money for her legal battle to break her hush agreement with Donald Trump and be able to speak publicly about their affair. Well, there are many, many areas, uh, charitable areas, where you could put your hard-earned dollars. I I suggest supporting a a porn star's effort to break a contract she signed to remain (laughs) silent about fornicating with a TV star. Because she had a whore's deal with the president of, I'll have sex with you if I think I can get on The Apprentice. And she's realized she can make more money by speaking about it now than she made by not speaking about the fornicating. God, if you so give again, money to Stormy Daniels, yeah. you're a certain sort of person. Daniels right. Daniels launched the campaign yesterday and has already raised more than $110,000. Oh, I'll, I'll bet she yeah. raises millions of dollars yeah. from, from uh, people who hate Trump. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she's. I guess her goal is 130000 but uh, that's uh, not quite clear at this point. So uh, the uh, the good folks of MSNBC continue to treat this like World War II, the whole Stormy Daniels story. In fact, they had on the lawyer who's representing her who says he's been contacted by several women who also had signed uh, non-disclosure agreements after fornicating with Donald J. Trump. This dude is very savvy at the media game. He he knows how to give just enough information to kind of keep the story afloat, Mm. hold stuff back so when it starts to die off, he can bring something else up. This is the guy... I, I believe he's the one who gets the credit for keeping this alive for as long really? as it has. Interesting. I think he's really good Interesting, because that's its own game yeah. of knowing you know, how much you have to give every day to keep a story going in the cable news world. And like even just the little things where he puts out, he puts the Trump camp in this impossible position of they either have to counter what he's saying, which is kind of admitting there's a non-disclosure sure. agreement, which then they admit, kind of backdoor right. admits that there's an affair. Or Are a, you a thing saying that he's showing just enough to keep the audience interested, yes. just like his client, <laughs> the great professional fornicator, <laughs> what's her name? <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. that is interesting. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. See, Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. The Stormy Daniels thing. Trump banged whoever'd get with them. We know. Did you hear about how he ended up with Melania? There was a story about that in the paper the other day. He met, Their eyes met across the room. They fell in love. Kind of. He uh, he met her at a party, though, but he was with a date. And when his date went to the bathroom, then he went over and started talking up Melania. That's what you get for having a weak bladder, baby. <laughs>
<laughs> you want to hang with me, you got to have a big old bladder. <laughs> For a woman who can hold it. You like to be on a date where you know when you go to the bathroom, they're going to be uh, you know checking out other people the whole time you're in the bathroom. You snooze, you lose. You pee, I'll see. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Or something. So we're going to get into the Russia thing. We're going to get into the Toys R Us thing. we got a whole bunch of stories uh, we want to tell you about today, all right? You go to the John, you probably got right? <laughs> Stay with us. This is the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We got this text. Beware of the Ides of March. You can always count on that every March 15th. A Shakespeare fan in the audience. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, reminder. Um, so what, you're afraid you're going to be stabbed? <laughs> always. Uh, I think you guys may be overthinking the student walkouts. Kids will come up with any reason to miss school. It's As a, positive Sean pointed out. Yeah. We also got this one. I belong to the California Teachers Union. That's the biggest teachers union in America. Uh-huh. And we were specifically told we were not to participate in the walk or march during school hours, nor were we were supposed to discuss our own personal opinions regarding the issue. We were told that some kids were marching against violence in schools, some are for gun control, and some would be marching against gun control, and we were to remain neutral. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, that's not what it if looked it's like. true. That's not what it looked like on TV, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi up on a podium and with a whole bunch of students. And uh, Do we have any of that? It was pretty any clear of that, what they were hoping for. Any of that tape, Sean? Do I have the sound sheet? I can't find Because that, that's just, listen, listen. Uh, the leading lights of Republicanism are no treat, although I think Paul Ryan's an okay guy. Um, but to have Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer up there chanting to lead the students, Nancy sounded like she's drunk again. She's got something going on neurologically or something. Cause she's stumbling, fumbling, bumbling. She can't put a sentence together. She always sounds like she's drunk now. She's Really? Elderly. She's elderly. Maybe she's drunk. Um, but to have Chuck Schumer out there chanting, Oh, we uh, we will win. Do we have that? That's oh, terrible. I've been through these wars. I am the author of the Brady Law and the Assault Weapons Ban. The NRA, the NRA has made me public enemy number one, and I'm proud of it. Maybe then he began his pathetic chanting, "We will win." We will win. Maybe I'm too cynical, but I looked at them. And I thought you're here. This is just another political rally to try to get, you know, climb up the ladder of this or that. Yeah. You know, fill in the cause, get up on the stage. Maybe I'm too cynical. I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't think you can be. Um, yeah. And we got a text from one uh, one parent who was not thrilled with their kid uh, being participating in this, but it was kind of a you got to go along with this or you're going to you know, really stand out. Yeah. And who wants to do that in high school? Right, right. Well, in a good way, maybe, but the uh, but to be, you know, berated by your peers for not caring about kids being killed is, I mean, come on. Although, you know, there's a principle of kid raising and dog raising where uh, sometimes you don't, you absolutely don't want to overreact to certain behaviors. You want to underreact to them. You want to pretend like you didn't even notice them. 
And sometimes these things are like that. I don't. I had a conversation with a friend last night. It was we were philosophizing, sipping a bit of wine, and solving the problems of the world. And uh, and we were talking about a couple of issues, including the fact that your political affiliation is is often now your first identifier, like on social media. It's the first way you describe yourself, which is such a radical change from days gone by. When it would be, you know, typical fella might be, yeah, I'm a husband, a father, I'm a Christian, I'm a uh, an insurance salesman or firefighter, um, I'm a, a volunteer coach, blah, blah, blah. And then like in seventh, eighth place, it'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess I vote Democrat. Um, whereas now it's number one and it's an angry number one, which is, uh, it's no way to run a society. Oh, the reason I brought this up was um, this headline from yesterday. Support for tighter gun control hit an all-time high among Republican voters in a new poll. Not surprised. That they've been taking for a while. No, a total of 57% of conservatives polled um, middle March want Congress to pass stricter gun laws. Support for enhancing firearm purchase and possession policies has jumped 12 points since um, the the Florida killing. Mm Mm-hmm. Just got to find something that'll do some good. Yeah, which which will it be and all that. But Yeah. So there you go. Well, I'll let Nancy I Pelosi just, and Chuck Schumer figure it out. I know there's no avoiding this. I just I just want my kids to be able to go through their school life with just the, the reading and the writing and the stuff. I just I really just want to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll handle the other stuff. But I realize that the world doesn't work that way, especially now. How about P.E.? You're okay with some push-ups, some sit-ups, calisthenics? Yeah. P.E. is fine. I know you're You're not a big fan of the dodgeball. P.E. is fine. It's assault. It's legalized assault. Mm. I haven't played the traditional games. Red Rover. Well, that's also assault. Um. It's a good way to get a dislocated shoulder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, among other injuries. That was a good one. There'd always be like one kid a year break an arm playing Red Rover. Was that the one where you try to break through the line of the right. other side? Yeah. Well, that was back when we were a tough country. Oh, I haven't done... If some seven-year-old girl isn't tough enough to play that game without breaking her arm, she needs to get out of the way, because the Soviets are on our doorstep (laughs) right now. I haven't done the story uh, yet. uh, Great Britain has joined a number of countries around the world that are actively making their playgrounds more dangerous. They feel like they've gone way too far... Um, all the evidence from psychologists and just general observation is that it's doing more harm than good. That's amazing to me that the pendulum's swinging, especially because Britain's really screwed up in some other ways, but go yeah. on, sorry. But do they have the same litigation situation we have? So it, it might not just be a um, a decision we can make. If, if, you're, uh, right. if your liability insurance at the school says, well, maybe you think it's a good idea to bring back monkey bars, but you ain't. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to drop you from your insurance. Right. So then right. you don't get monkey bars. Do you know what they're doing? Like bear traps, electric fences? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Bear traps. Swords. Swords. You know, it's supervised, but if you want a sword fight, they let you. A lot of uh, exposed wires. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right next to a water <laughs> water <laughs> fountain. Right. <laughs> they Random just have, spraying by sprinklers. They just have big piles of rusty saw blades. <laughs> <and> <laughs> Piles of construction debris you can climb on. <laughs> no, it's over Watch there the by nails, the... kids. Or don't. Whatever. Oh, over there by the gas-soaked rags. <laughs> exactly. Boards with nails sticking out of them. Hey, watch where you step. Well, that right. It's a life lesson. You ever step on a nail as a kid? No. And I, my, my wife and I, because I'm a stickler for not leaving boards around that have nails in them. Mm. It's a common thing in country properties to have that. 
All my friends stepped on a nail when I, I was a kid. I stepped on a nail at least once, I, probably I, a couple of times. I did not. All it's, my it's friends terrible, did. terrible, Sean. Terrible. Yeah. I it's, remember uh, when my friend Steve Bussin did it at his farm. Wow. And, and he yelled, and I looked over, and I can still ah, picture. Don't even say it. No, people are driving. His, Do you have no sense of responsibility? He was wearing low-top black chucks, just like a kid would today, because yeah. they've been popular for 80 years, and there was a nail sticking out the top, oh. and it was... Oh, my God. It was the full, uh, oh, full yeah. money. Yeah. Good oh, man. Ah! All right. Sorry, folks. Listen, I tell you what. You notice when Jack was gone yesterday, there was no horrifying talk like this. I'm just saying, there were long reasoned intellectual discussions with Tim the lawyer. And his sock was red. How would you describe the color? Blood red. Oh, God. He's a sick enough. There's no stopping him, apparently. But so I've, I've avoid, avoided that as a kid. I'd yes. like my kids to avoid it. So I'm yes. always, I'm big on the, we can't leave boards laying around yes. with nails in them. Yes. Right. Because you, you leave it there, and you think, well, I'll throw that away later, or you can see it or whatever, and then grass grows up around yeah, it. Next thing right. you know, you know. Well, from kindergarten to uh, second grade, till second grade, we lived in a crappy, crappy apartment. And uh, it regularly flooded and had mushrooms growing in the carpet. Mm. And uh, and they were expanding the uh, the apartment complex at the time, so it was an active construction site. And me and my other five, six, seven year old friends would range around all the time, climbing around and playing. And yeah, occasionally we'd step on a nail and we'd cl- cry like crazy. And uh, but our tetanus shots were up to date. I promise you that. <laughs> no locked jaw for this young man. <laughs> no, indeed. My parents knew parenting. They got me out of the mushroom apartment too. What can we do about this Russia situation? We're going to talk to a smart person about that on the Armstrong and Getty Show.